For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from The Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. What's up, everybody? Well, we're going to do a slow intro. I can, Annie, I can see you. Hold on just a second. You won't be able to hear me yet. Good morning, everybody. Hello again. Live from Live Mono Worldwide Studios in the heart of Little Italy, this is a very, very special Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. You know, nothing inspires me more than watching people overcome and hearing stories of overcoming and especially hearing how Christ transformed someone's life. You guys know by now, all of you that have listened, you guys know my story or you know most of it. And um, today is special for me. So, really, everyone listening on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, watching on YouTube Live, E360 TV, and of course, Facebook, good morning. Wow, today I have, you guys know I've been so nervous, I wanted to throw up this morning. (laughs) Um, But this interview is special to me because I don't even think Annie knows how much we really have in common, but... Her story is really, really special, and it is just a great honor for me to introduce everybody. Uh, it, those of you who don't know Annie, it's it's a blessing to have her on the show. So we're going to get right into this, guys. Um, Annie Lobert, Lobert, who is the founder of an organization called Hookers for Jesus that helps women get off the streets, helps lead them to a better life, helps them... Mis- get away from the streets and just the horrific, horrific things that can happen there. Um, she has a, a home called Hope's, I think it's called Hope's House, and I don't have notes in front of me, I'm going off of memory here, but what, this, what, it, what God has done in this woman's life is inspiring and, and, and it, 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 it hits home for me and... It hits home for me in a lot of ways because I was very, very broken and very lost at one point in my life. And when I hear stories like hers, 
it reminds me of just how amazing God really is and how powerful he is and just how much he can turn your life around. So, um, God, this is not professional, but as you guys know, I'm not the most professional person on the air. Um, and I've tried to be as real as I can be, but I'm, I'm just blessed and honored to have my new friend on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Annie Lobert. How are you? Hi. Welcome to Morning Gratitude. It is so good to have you here. Thank you for inviting me, Joshua. And I just need to tell you something. That intro was so honest. And we need more men like you. You are part of our answer for redemption. Seriously, no coincidence. Let me tell you this right now. That your name's Joshua, which means Savior. And I just am so encouraged by your love and your care and your your concern and where you've walked. And I'm I'm excited to hear about where you've walked. So you can share that today too. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we, um, I listened to your testimony like four times and, um, <laughs> every time it just brought me to, um, I, uh, my heart was just with you the entire time. And I, I could like, I was like there with you, like reliving it. And, um, I, um, it's, and it's so funny too, because it, where it all started for you in Hawaii, it started for me too. But um, first things first, <laughs> what are you grateful for today? <laughs> we got, I have to stay, do, I have to stay, keep some of this the same. <laughs> Will you tell us what you're grateful for today? Waking up. How about that? <laughs> there are so many days and nights I went to bed. And I say days because I was a vampire. I worked at night as a call girl. I would think that the next day was not going to happen. Seriously, I did not think I'd wake up the next day. So I am so grateful. Come on, everyone that's listening right now. Lift your hands up. We are grateful <laughs> for waking up today. Because yeah. that means I have another day to destroy hell. I love it. I love it. I. So I um, it is your journey has been miraculous. I mean, everything from, I mean, just... You know, your childhood was is fascinating. Your relationship with your father was so similar to mine. Um, and and I just and then and then where, you know, in high school you go through this journey where, you know, you start noticing boys and and then sex becomes an outlet for you. And and I where like that that is something to me that like I, I that to me that was something that I looked to rescue me from the hurt that I was feeling. And I, I don't know for you, like you didn't go into it much when you with your testimony, but where was it? Was it the relationship with your father that you think that that triggered this desire that to be to feel love from outside sources? Is that what did it? I believe that that was one of the things that did it. In fact, that is probably a main reason why this happens. And my mom actually was very loving and very. She would hug us a lot, and she would edify us, she would basically give us a lot of just encouragement and, and just, just she was wonderful. She always told me I was going to be someone, and my mom told me just the other day, which is crazy, that she said, Annie, I knew when you were born 
that you were going to do something great. <laughs> she goes, I didn't know what it was. I knew that a lot of people would know who you were in our world. And I was like, what? She goes, I just knew there was something inside of me. So because of that, that encouragement, you see, my mom might not have told that to me as a child. That helped make, her, make up for what my father did not do. Now, a father's love is so important to everyone. It's so important to a unit of a family. If we don't have the father's love, our father's love, a relationship, just this, this, this encouragement and acknowledgement and acceptance and just, you know, the father's love. Yeah. It, it was something we never had. And so because of that, yes, absolutely. I sought out relationships with boys. And I say boys because in high school, it's so insane, but at the same time, such a wonderful time in my life. I don't look back on it as the most painful era of my life. I look back at it as a very excellent learning curve for me. And sure. The men in my life back then, the boys, I should say, I wanted them to be in my life because it replaced that emptiness that I felt of the loss of a relationship with my father. Now, as a teenager, you don't connect the two. You right. never do. When you're doing it, you don't get it right away. You're, you're blinded for some reason. And when I realized later in my life, when the light bulb goes off and you, you see the connection, that's when, I swear, heaven comes down and, and now you can reconcile with your family. Right. That didn't happen for a long time. But that seeking of that relationship, and yes, very sexual, over-sexualized. Because I figured, just probably like you did too, Joshua, that sex equated love. And men think that the same way, but just in a different order. Right. Absol oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If I got attention from boys, I felt loved. Now, if you got attention from girls or women, you felt, what did you feel like? Well, it made me it felt made me feel good, but sex from but and, and powerful yes, but there was also a very so, and I don't want to make this about me, but like I when I was molested by men and women as as a as a kid, that opened my eyes to what sex was, and then everything from having these horrific nightmares and night terrors and images that haunted me, seeking sex was the only thing to like make it go away and but then it became the nightmares just increased it never got better and like you where we have this in common is i grew up in a baptist church i grew up hymnals going to church and you know basically sit quiet and listen and and it was we and i knew about god and i knew and like you you said this you said I felt like God was the, the angry father that if I didn't obey, I was going to be punished and Jesus was love, but I didn't really even know how to connect to Jesus. I just thought Jesus was this, you know, this figure. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know how important that was to be able to connect. But in every time I had tried to change or beg God to make these, these horrific images get out of my head. It it, it, it it didn't go away. I didn't know what to do. And so I sought more sex. And then when I discovered drugs, <laughs> that just made me hit the gas pedal as, soon, as, as, as fast as possible. And it like freed me to explore without conscious thought.
because right. I was trying to make it right. And I was trying to heal something that I couldn't heal. And I just, I, I it, it is, it's a oh God, there's so many parallels in our story that are the same. I, I mean, I was so desperate to seek comfort and to find love and to find appreciation. My best friends. So I, I, I this to, to have this conversation now, we might as well have it because I'm tired of beating around the bush. Um, I started, uh, I started prostituting myself, um, in college because oh, wow. I, and, and Hawaii was the first place. Um, guy, like- yeah. So, oh, wow. and no one knows this that's listening. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah. So this hits home, this hits home for me because a lot of the parallels and I would not be able to talk without freaking talk to you without having this conversation. But because I was so confused with what was happening to me, I didn't know if I was bisexual. I didn't know if I was straight. I didn't know what the hell was going on because of what had happened to me. And I started seeking drugs to try to normalize things and it made the nightmares go away. Then it made me more comfortable with the nightmares. So basically I'm playing with demons and but the people that I was so desperate to feel love and to talk to somebody, I needed someone so desperately to understand, didn't think about talking to God, but my best friends, the people that I was closest to were massage girls and escorts. And because it was the most safe place to be. They didn't judge you. No. And here's the problem. Even now as a follower of Christ, and I want to ask you this, like you are doing the dirty work for Christ, what you're doing. You are not playing it safe. You're not just hanging out in churches 24 hours a day. You're going out in the streets. You're going back to where all of your triggers possibly lie to save other people, to do Christ's work. But I got to ask you, because this has been a major challenge for me. How do you do it? How are you able to do that? You know like, do you, do you ever feel judgment from the church for what you're doing for the name of your organization? Does it, does it, do people come at you and attack you because they doubt your faith? Of course. I, I've had that from the very beginning, Zach, the judgment and the name. And even now, because there's this, there's this correctness that comes upon, don't call the girls hookers, don't call them whores, don't call them sluts, don't call them beans, don't call them hoes. But the name actually was derived from name calling hookers for Jesus. And I decided, because I knew that the Holy Spirit was guiding me when I was driving my car one day, that he wanted me to name it hookers for Jesus. Now, I could call it Annie Lobert Ministries. That's one of our DBAs. Mm-hmm. However, it's not about Annie. It's about the other girls. And hookers for Jesus is a real simple explanation. I am from Minnesota. And I like to fish. Of course, I, I catch and release. I don't eat the fish. I, I catch. My brothers like to eat the fish they catch. But I was raised in Minnesota, so the land of 10,000 lakes. That thought came to me when I was driving the car because I heard, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit say to me in a very soft, subtle voice, you're my hooker for Jesus. And I was like, whoo, whoo. <laughs> Jesus were fish, fishermen and he told them to follow him in Matthew 4 19. 
He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And then God clearly showed me this beautiful, beautiful ocean that was in a tumultuous storm. And then he had this boat on the shore and he pushed it out. And it was in that boat. And do you know that a boat from Amsterdam is called a hooker? Believe it or not, look it up on Google. <laughs> Please hear me. So I'm in this boat in my vision, and in the water, there's all these people I knew that were in the sex industry that were being trafficked. And God was like, lay the nets out. Pull them in. I don't care how strong it is, Annie. Pull them in. Oh, matter of fact, jump in the water. Grab them. Fish them out. Take them to safety. So that's where the name of the music comes from. I love it. And I, I, it, is it, what is probably the most challenging thing that you're dealing with? Because I mean, look, you've, you've beat cancer. <laughs> you've beat a drug, you've beat a drug addiction. I mean, you're just knocking them down. But I know because you're doing such mighty work. I mean, look, if you play it safe, you, you're not going to get any challengers. You're not going to get any haters. But one of the things, the missions, when God spared my life and I got pardoned my sixth time in jail and I, and I thought I was going to spend the next five years there, I got out. When I was give, released and given a new opportunity, like I knew that my life was not my own and I was going to have to talk about things and share things that to be able to cast a broader net to, to show people just how powerful God can be in one's life. But I also know the bigger net I cast and the more bold I become in my faith, the enemy gets sneakier and also way more dangerous. What kind of obstacles are you dealing with in doing what you're doing, which I consider just, I, I, I think what you're doing needs more attention because there are so many broken people out there that seek this life of, of prostitution to feel loved, to feel safe, and then they, they, you know what happens from there. But what kind of attacks do you get, and how do you, how, do you, how do you build up your armor to protect you from those things? Well, my first, my first saving, saving grace is, is, of course, Christ in me. I would, I would say to anyone that's trying to get out, that is in it right now, that is, they just got out, they're getting better, or they're, they're being restored right now, or they're transitioning. For me, that is my grounding rock. He is the ultimate peace giver. He is the ultimate love giver and the restoration of my life. And if that restoration is not inside your heart and inside your soul, and you allow God to come in and take that junk and take all that brokenness and take all that addiction and hate and bitterness and shame, hmm. And, and turn it into hope, turn it into love, turn it into selflessness, turn it into exactly what Jesus did, died on the cross. Because that's our example. Right. That's our holy example. And that what, what is what keeps me most grounded. So that's the first step. Number two is right when I first started doing this, no one was doing this. In fact, I could not find one person that was reaching the women, uh, ladies of the night like me. Except for I had a friend named Heather Beach that was doing outreach to strippers, and we became best friends. I had another friend named Harmony Dust that was doing that as well. 
and I had another friend, Shelly Lubin, that was reaching the porn stars. And then I had one more other friend, Julie Chimetz, Beauty for Ashes in Florida. She was uh, reaching out to the women in the strip clubs. And I didn't really have a sister like me because these were strip clubs. And I worked in strip clubs too, and I turned tricks in strip clubs, don't get me wrong. And people might not know what that means, okay? I make money by having sex in strip clubs, okay? So, in the back rooms, right? So, but these women, I love them. They were my sisters, and a couple of them, I, specifically Heather, I was the closest to. They got me through a lot of the hard times. So I would recommend when you get out of this industry, find some sisters that are on the same journey or brothers that are on the same journey as you. Get on their road, link arms, link hands, same vision, same heartbeat, go. Because two or more can take 10,000 to fly. <laughs> right? But in the very beginning, like I said, I didn't really know anyone. And I felt very alone because I started doing an outreach on the script to the women like me that were working as call girls that were working. We call it the carpet. They walk the carpet and they sit at the bars and they get men to go upstairs with them in every single casino. And by the way, I kicked out of every casino in Las Vegas. It's called 86. You're 86 but still? Yeah. I continue to go in. I don't care. <laughs> Mm. And that's how you do it. 
And honestly, what did Jesus do when he told the disciples, I need you to drink my blood and eat my flesh? I'm sure they were like, okay, Jesus, <laughs> you're walking bread. Jesus, okay, now we're walking bread. Now what are we doing? We're going to eat your flesh? How are we going to do that? Like, you're walking around still. You're alive. But he didn't need to explain himself. Did you notice he didn't explain himself? Yeah. Why should exactly. I explain myself, Joshua? If God tells you to do it, he'll bring you through it. Amen. Oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, it's just—it's been a great journey, and I've, I've gone through trials and tribulations and continue to. But I just have to say, the grounding, grounding road—my yellow brick road—is His love and, and, and His word. It just puts the boundaries on wherever I need to go. Yeah. And I'm not realistic, and I'm not like you know black and white person. I'm very open to. So many different ways of reaching people. Sure. God is not in a box. He's not in this little box where we can open it up and go, okay, well, let me take you out now, Jeannie, and do what I want. No, he's the one that is telling us, you need to jump out. You need to step out. You need to go to the mountaintops. You need to scream from the from the rooftops. You need to go across the seas. You need to go to the moon if you need to, okay? Soon there will be a colony and on Mars birthday. Who knows, right? <laughs> but hey, they're going to have that Mars colony. Uh, set out, I think, like 100 people. Don't they have, like, this list that's already sold, the trip's already sold or something? Fun. Colonize Mars. Now, I'll tell you what. That's something to see. <laughs> Is it? It's so... It, 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 the, with your early rejection on trying to partner with the churches and then be exploited by them, that is such a... Look, I again, I, I, I love my church. I love my pastor. I love the church I grew up in. Um... And, but that, I remember sitting in a Bible study. I shared this the other, the, uh, the other day I was in a Bible study because I desperately want to understand the Bible more. And I'm new in my walk. I've been, a, I've been a follower for two and a half years re- reading the Bible. Seriously. Huh? Stay, stay fresh like this. This is awesome. <laughs> I, but I like how my heart continues to break the more I learn. But the one thing that has brought me to this place of just saying, I don't care anymore. I, I, I mean, I care, but I, I have to rip apart all of these barriers and break them down and break them out and break them down because I know that the stronger I get, even in a church, even in a Bible study, when I share, and I the one thing I have in common, which is the most powerful thing on the freaking planet, is that I'm also a follower like these people around me. But yet when I share stories of or that, that applied to the message and the lesson that we were studying... That this is what Christ saved me from, and then to have judgment placed on me by these same men that we were supposed to have this in common. That remember, Christ saved us. It scares people away from the truth. The reason why I've taken the gloves off and said, I'm not religious, I'm not a religious person, I follow Christ, and I'm going to do what I feel called to do. And if it means that I have to go to bars, if it means that I have to hang out with homeless people. If I have to hang out with people that are drug addicts and convicts and murderers, if that's where I have to go, I mean, honestly, I feel more comfortable talking to them about Christ than I do other Christians. That That is something, huh? I think that's amazing. And I think that's what you're supposed to be doing, Joshua, seriously. You are a leader. And I, when you were talking just now, listen, your faith, you might think your faith is young, but the Holy Spirit 
was here before the foundation of the of the earth, and he's in you. So guess what you have? The Holy Wisdom. Spirit. Wisdom. <laughs> Come on, you, you have what it takes. How long was Stephen on this earth when he got stoned for his faith? Read about Stephen. He had he had a great testimony about sharing who Jesus was in the gospel, and they killed him for it. And that sometimes is what we're going to be dealing with, unfortunately, is people will kill us with their looks and their judgment. <laughs> so we just have to deal with it. And to be honest with you, it's you'll get you'll get tough skin. You'll get it just has to roll off like the oil from a, a duck's back. Just boom, it just goes off your 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 little wings because it's like huge wings. You have huge wings. <laughs> that judgment is going to make your character better. And it's going to teach you how to love them better as yeah. well. And ask God to give you that love for them. Because I tell you what, that's the righteous anger of God. Uh, when you get mad and you get angry about that. And as long as you don't take your anger out on people and you don't let them <laughs> inside of your heart. Definitely, I believe Jesus was so awesome when he flipped those tables in front of that tabernacle. Uh, he was just like, uh-uh, we're done with this. I'm flipping tables. And all the money changers selling doves and goats so people can get cleaned? No. He doesn't like hypocrisy. And those people that are judging you, they just don't understand. So you need to have a tiny bit of compassion for them. Sure. Some kind of decent compassion. But also, they are afraid. And we all know, like you said earlier, it's fear. There's some fear in them. They don't see your life in the way you see it because they've never experienced it. So it scares them. Right. And maybe the reason why it scares them is because it's bringing some stuff up inside of them, inside the back of their memories, inside the back of their mind, inside the back of their heart that they don't want to access. Yeah. Maybe they've struggled with sexuality. Maybe they've struggled with being gay or straight or whatever it is. And curious about who they are, but they don't ever want to admit that. And because of that, they're going to stay stuck in that place. Yeah. And they're not going to get the true freedom that Christ died for us, right? It, yeah, absolutely. Right. And it, and it, and you're right. And like today, and just the conversation again, I've watched, I was watching your testimony over and over again because it was just like, oh my gosh. And it took me back there. My heart hurt for the, the younger me, but then I immediately went to gratitude because of what has transpired in my life and what I have been saved from. But my heart re-breaks thinking about how many more people are out there who are struggling and suffering and holding on to these burdens and think that they can't be saved from it. So they continue to go right back down the path and, and continue to bury themselves further and further and further. And it, and it hurts. It breaks my heart. And when I made that decision, I made the decision to be as fearless as I could possibly be and, and bold in my faith and be as honest and transparent because I knew, I knew I wasn't the only one. I knew I wasn't the only one that had been, had been hurt and, and then hurt other people in turn. Um, and so I tried to be as bold as possible and a part of my life that I had blocked out um, came back up when I found out that, you know, I was going to have the opportunity to have you on my show. And, but I also, it, it, it's not in a painful way, but I'm so happy that it's coming back up to me because it's, it's, it's really given me a, a, a strong heart and a strong desire to be even more bold in my faith. 
And so I thank you very, very much for that. I mean, it, it means a lot to me. You're absolutely welcome. And listen, God is going to continue to heal those pieces that you told me that got brought up because he wants to reconcile that. Yeah. And your heart is just so big, Joshua. <laughs> and so the bigger your heartache, the more people you're going to reach. Right? And th that's what I want more than anything. <laughs> There's not a lot of men like you right now that are doing any type of this work or acknowledging what's happened to them. So you are a rare entity. Like you are a rare human being right now. And I think it's a great place for you to be. So I would embrace it as much as you can. Now that you're out of the closet, hello. <laughs> now, I like to say this because I love this. You know, when, when uh, in Ezekiel, uh, dead bones live, prophesy to those bones. And I like to tell my girlfriends, and sometimes when I speak, I'll talk about the dead bones and allowing the skeletons to fall or jump or dance out of your closet because they have a story to tell. And also, there's life in that story because when you share that story, you become vulnerable and just open and full of humility. That story can save so many people. So I'm not against any past mistakes being brought up. I think it's it's a wonderful. In fact, it says in Revelation 12:11, the blood of the Lamb of our testimony is is something that we need to really, really. Do. We need to share it. We need to share it because God wants us to open the world to what's happened to us so they can come and see the goodness of God too. The gospel is awesome. It really, really is. And that's what it is. It's gospel. It's good news. Hey, I have good news. I almost died. I overdosed 50 times. I had sex with 10,000 people. I didn't get AIDS. And if I did, I'm still here. Hi. <laughs> Because 
you are joining the harlot on her horse and you're joining with her because you're going into that lustful place where if you feel like you have more power and money and your career is the most important thing, your fame is the most important thing, you're prostituting yourself. Yeah. Point blank. Where is your self-worth? It's in what you do. It's in how popular you are. It's how much power you have. That's just like a prostitute. So we're all the same, Joshua. I agree. We're all the same. And if anyone can just read Hosea and get that message and read Revelations, they will know that God wants to redeem his bride. His bride is a harlot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're a bride now. Yes, you might not have to wear a dress, Joshua. I don't look good in one. <laughs> Come on, man. This is a great message. Seriously, like, we need to, we need to know that we are royalty. That we are daughters and sons of the Most High God. And that we are princes and princesses. Hey. <laughs> I just know that my daddy rules the world. And he rules the galaxy. And the Milky Way. And the universe. Hello. And that's my daddy. I love and it. And I love him. And if we can just do his will, which is to bring people to him, to the knowledge of Jesus. That's our goal. That's our goal. Bring people, get them their healing, you know, and it doesn't mean we save, but we're obedient to what God says we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? He's the one that actually has the strength. We're just like, okay, use me. I'm going to open it. Here I come. I probably should have had a pulpit for this, right? Sorry. Get on this soapbox. No, I love it. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Oh my gosh. And you have such a fiery, like a, a beautiful message in it. And it's so powerful because of where it's rooted from that I just wish like our other spiritual leaders, the people that we, you know, go to have worship with, like there is nothing more powerful. Like I, all the people out there that are, are preachers, like standing on the pulpit and just in, 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 in lecturing is not the, is not the gospel. The gospel is sharing how Christ changed your life, how he turned you around, how he saved you from brokenness. It is. And like, I, I want to be that messenger. And, and I, like I'm, and I'm so inspired by you because one of the things that I've been filled very, very called to do is I really, I want, this is my, this is my ministry. This is a form of my ministry. I share my faith here. I talk about it. I share other people's stories, but this is my ministry and I want it to grow. I want to be able to do this all over the world because my life was spared. Like, I don't know if I can explain it because I know there's so many other f- people out there hurting and, and broken and confused and they don't understand. I'm telling you, there's only one answer. There is only one answer. I tried every other thing. I tried meditating my way to being saved. I've tried, you know, praying to the universe. But honestly, there was only one thing that saved me from this is, is, is Jesus. And it was that moment in a jail cell, in isolation, because I was put there because I was sick and, and I was crazy. And, I'm, and, and if it wasn't for that moment... Like, I know for a fact I would not have been here. He's healed me in so many different ways. And even though, even though I still hurt, I still have things to work through. We are still human. But my desire, my purpose for this show, my freaking, my purpose 
for doing this show about morning gratitude was not, hey, everything's happy gratitude. It was, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful th even through the pain. I'm grateful even through the suffering. I'm grateful for my past. I'm grateful for all of it. And I just want to share that. Morning gratitude was sneaking my faith into your face, everybody. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what this was about. Is because this would allow me to share how my life was changed because I want all of your lives to change and have the joy. People ask me all the time, why do I smile so much? Why I'm always so happy? He's why. He's why. It's so, so good. Now, good. I saw you. Don't forget that question you're about to ask me. I saw visions of you walking through the porn convention, reaching out to people. Wow, the irony in that. Okay, now listen. I don't know if you're ever going to do it, but I think you should. And I just think you're a great voice, Joshua. I saw your show, and I was like, I, I, I'm going to do this because I want this guy to 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 explode. Like seriously, like I want I want your message to be out there. I really, really think that you have a, a major call on your life, and I think this is just started something huge. And so anyone that's not in it in the beginning, get on it now. Come on it now. Come on board. Invite your friends right now to this, to this radio. Just invite and, and help this man because this man has a message to set people free. Hearts that have been burdened for years. And I'm looking at your pictures on your wall. And I love it because I see that dude with the blue head. He looks like he's drugged out, out of his mind. <laughs> Conferences for businesses. 
I don't know if that relates to you at all, but like, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. It's what I, it's it's yeah. It's everything I want to do. Do you know? Do you know why I felt I've always felt like I was meant to do something extraordinary for Christ? Because I was extraordinarily awful <laughs> before before Him. Because I really believe that we all as humans have we have a choice. We can use our gifts for ourselves, or we can use them for other people. And for a long time, I used my gifts for my selfish ways and my brokenness and my hurt and my pain and. Now, and I, and I was the worst of, I was supernaturally awful. I now know I have the ability to be supernaturally Christ-like. Yeah. Oh, I sure do. And I felt like it came out of me a lot. Excuse me? Oh my gosh, with Linda Blair with her head Yeah, that's awful. Dude, I lived it. <laughs> I hey, this is in my book, you guys. By the way, I do yeah, I want to. I want you to plug your book <laughs> because. No way. I love, I love the book cover, and I started. I've been. I'm. I'm ordering your book on Amazon today, so I'm going to put the link in the comments because. And I have this too. What is that? Oh, audio? Nice. I love it. What I wanted to tell you about this was, please, you guys, and, and you're going to write a book. I don't know if you've already written one, if you're working on it right now, but come on. We need your book, Joshua. We need your we need your testimony. We need your story on paper. And this will be the first of many books, by the way. So just, dude, you you. this is really cool what's happening with you right now. I, I don't know why I feel encouraged to, 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 to prophesy you over that, but I just... Feel it, my gut for you. Just right when I saw your picture, actually, and I looked in your eyes, and I was looking at your, your profile and your pictures. I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't even know who you were. I was like, "Who is this guy?" But God just—he showed me. He was like, "This man right here. This is my man. This is my." Sorry, my um, I'm trying to get a plug going right now. My computer's dying. <laughs> and God was showing me that you are uh, to do great, great, great things for Him, like. Incredible things, media, everything. So the other thing was, is what I was talking about with the book is in the, in my book, I talk about this, but demons, right? Demons are real, you guys. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to scare anyone here, but they are real. And if you allow certain lifestyles in your life to happen and certain link-ups with certain people, Humans will come after you. <laughs> it's supernatural. <laughs> and uh, there's also angels. So we all know that according to the Bible, angels, 
were all together at one point up in the heavenlies. And one-third of the angels, Satan brought one-third of the angels with him. And now they are demons. And so they can attack you in many different ways. We don't know how many there are, but we, have, we do know that two-thirds of the angels in the heavenly realms now on our earth are actually God's angels. So we don't have to fear the demons. We just have to take authority. So what I, when you were talking about that, about just the supernatural aspect of it, walking in that supernatural darkness, which it is really dark, Joshua, woo, I don't know if you ever had this happen to you, but I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would be held down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Held down. Now, listen, this is what, it, some of it was really, really scary where I was frozen. I couldn't move, and I'm looking around, and I could see someone looking at me in the corner. It was like a demon. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a black figure with eyes. But there was times where it was sexually, I was being held down sexually and mm-hmm. I was being raped. And then sometimes there was where I would, I, the demon would, would, would try to pleasure me. Like there were all these different, during the time I was working as a cargo, as a sex trafficking victim. And it freaked me out. And honestly, every time that it happened, I didn't know what to do. But I also knew if I prayed that that demon would leave. And yes, when I prayed, the demon left. I said, Jesus' name, the demon left. What is that? How is that possible? (laughs) This isn't real. Because I don't get that. So to me, even back then when I was stuck in my sin and stuck in my sexual brokenness, he was working a miracle. He was, he, even though I was playing wolf, no, we do that. Help, help God, help God, I'm in jail. Help God, I'm overdosed. <laughs> yeah. And he comes to our rescue. And it's like, you know what? Don't take, don't take his goodness for granted. No. We never know our last breath on this earth. Oh, God. And so I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You need to come. You need to come. And you need to ask God in your heart. You need to ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, help me. Just use a simple prayer. You just lift up your hands and say, I surrender my life to you. Take over my life. Forgive me for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. So I just want to encourage everyone out there. If you've got demons, there's an answer. His name is Jesus. Right? Amen. How can you speak to that? Tell me. How can what? How can you speak to that, that supernatural darkness? Man, it's so many times. I mean, everything from waking up in the middle of the night. You were mentioning being held down. I could feel. I could. I could be. I could feel the hands of somebody holding me down and like a force trying to enter me. It. It. I feel it trying to happen. It happened the other day, even as a follower, um, because of a lot of my darkness lied in the sex world, um, right. and then with drugs, it was always. But I, at that time. It was, it was, it's weird. The demons try to romance you. And yeah. and, and, and it's like it, 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 a, a comfort, safe thing. Go darker, go darker. Like, and, and I, but I found comfort there until, and then I would have that moment of, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. And try to escape. This is demonic, yeah. it's supernatural, and, and yes, 
they can try to attack us when we are safe too. But the good thing is, is that now that you know what it is, you can overcome it. Absolutely. And I just want to encourage you too, Joshua, that those attacks, everyone's life's different, but the trauma that you experience in your life, and I just had a dream last night, a supernatural dream, but it was crazy about snakes. Mm. I'm not afraid of snakes, by the way. But in my dream, I was ripping the heads off of them. And I know that's, I know God was trying to share with me there's something coming or there's something here that I need to be aware of, that I don't need to be afraid of, that I have the power. Right. It says in the word that we have the power to, to tread on snakes and scorpions. So I just want to encourage anyone out there that has trauma, that has these demonic and crazy supernatural attacks, that you know, honestly, you, know, you, you really need to, to just get your life surrendered to God. You really do. And, you know, find a counselor. Get a trauma counselor. That's going to really help you as well. Uh, trauma counseling is amazing. We have our girlfriend Destiny House go through that. And some of them go twice or three times a week. And we have a group trauma therapist as well. It's really important that we get through these really dark issues together. Sure. And, and that we explore our story and unwrap it. And, of course, we need to have the community support and the right practitioners to be around us. I don't know if you've been to counseling, Joshua, or if you have some godly men around you and women around you that are guiding you, that are helping you, because I highly advise that. Sure. And uh, just some people that can hold you up and pray for you and keep you lifted and keep you strengthened. We need each other um, in this fight. And, and, and especially when the supernatural darkness comes after us. We need the supernatural love of God and compassion and his supernatural power is way more, way more miraculous and way more interesting and way more intriguing and full of mystery <laughs> than supernatural darkness. Absolutely. You that? Absolutely. Like, I am so drawn to discovering what new thing he's going to do. Like, he shows me stuff in the future. I have the gift of word of knowledge. Uh, I, I do believe I have the gift of prophecy as well. And, and he shows me stuff. And it's so cool. And I get so excited. <laughs> Yeah. So do you guys want that power? It's, I can honestly tell you that it is the most amazing thing in the world to overcome yes. and to be free from and, and also to be strong and encouraged because there's so many when you're broken and you're not, you do not have a relationship with Christ is you, you internalize and you keep a lot of things secret and you hide them. And all that does is it slowly poisons your soul. And by coming free and being able to step up and talk about these things daily, do it on the show daily, talking about various things, it, it's healing. And it also just strengthens my faith daily. And that's so much about what this show is about, but also going, look, people assume me because they see me in a suit and tie and they think I'm, they have all of these assumptions about me. And then they're like, wait, and I like that because I'm unassuming. I can sneak up on people and like, nope. I'm more comfortable around drug addicts and uh, prostitutes. <laughs> I'm more comfortable around people that have murdered. Like I, that, I feel safer there than I do with people that are Christian sometimes. And But I also feel safer there because I know that I can be the light in the dark. And, and, and once you've felt that light or seen that light and you continue to seek him daily, more is revealed. And it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And it's the most pe pe peaceful thing in the world. And you don't even have, the thing is, you quit giving a crap about money. You quit giving a crap what people think because you, oh, you have love in your heart and you, and you, and you, that, that 
so much love and so much joy in being able to forgive and and, 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 and and caring and having compassion. And it feels so good to have your heart break for the right reasons and to care and to love. And it is, it's, it's so beautiful. And I want that for everybody listening that doesn't have that because that has been the answer. I've got a speaking of business. I'm on a panel today speaking. Um, it's at a business thing and I'm not, yeah, it's a, it's a wealth mastery thing. It's in San Diego and I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, the panel to speak and I already know the questions. And I, one of the questions is, is basically like, what was one obstacle that you went through and how you overcame? I already know my answer and it's not a business answer either. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, like it has nothing to do with business and here's the thing i know it's not the place i or it's you know not it's what the uh it's most what would say is not the place to do it but there is no business i have no business career without what christ did for me i wouldn't be alive without that so i'm sharing that and in my thing annie part of one of the things that i've gone through and dealt with on this walk is that I set off on a course that I felt like God. I finally decided that I was going to pursue what God called me to do. And I've known it since I was seven years old. And I I finally made that decision. But making that decision has cost me dearly financially because I share my faith. I intermix my personal life and my business are one. And I don't separate the two. I'm the same guy doing business that I am in my personal life. And I will always share my faith. health, fame, security, um, finances, you're going to be fine. Just keep being faithful. You know, I was, I was listening to Psalms today. And I, I think it was Psalm, I think it was Psalm 69 or, or Psalm 70. And so don't quote me on this, but <laughs> David was talking about those who are in the desert places and that are thirsty are the, are the disobedient. What does that tell people that are obedient? So I always look at the opposite and I flip and I go, okay, God, so if you say that, what does it mean when I'm obedient? So the opposite of disobedience is obedience, right? The opposite of dry, thirsty land is what? Is what? (laughs) Prosperity. Prosperity, sorry. Oasis Sounds like heaven to Blessing. me. You know, Hawaii, that type of atmosphere, right? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, tropical, Caribbean, that to me is like, woo, that's the ultimate. So, that being said, when we're obedient, that's what we have come. Beaches, white beaches, with coconuts and whatever. <laughs> Pineapples and suntan lotion, whatever. I mean, God is going to bless us. And the thing is, is that... I was, it really spoke to me because not only in my life have I just, just, I just wanted to do the right thing before I was ever in the sex, before I was ever sex trafficked or abused as a child, 
I wanted to do the right thing. So God sees that. Yeah. And he grows that seed inside of us. And he grew that seed inside of you at age seven. And he's continuing to grow it. And I, I don't know who I'm speaking to else out there, but that's what he does. And when we're obedient, he rewards us. He rewards us. So just be faithful. You know, if we share your faith. Yeah. It, it's so important that we do. It, I, I just, I know it says in Matthew, I think it's 5, 5. Those, those that are meek will inherit the earth. Those who are humble will inherit the earth. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I love it. Because it's, you're exposing darkness and you're bringing light to it. And it's for a lot of people that aren't, they don't know what the, the power of the story does. They're, to know a person that doesn't know how to do that or doesn't want to do that and they're afraid, that's humiliating. But humiliation brings blessings. Yeah. Golly. So you're, yeah, keep doing it, Joshua. You're, you're. <laughs> I'm just excited for you. You know, and, and I'm excited for just what the kingdom, the kingdom is peace Uh-oh. goodness you know we follow him he gives us everything and all the desires of our hearts and I pray that for you I, and I know that that's what happened can you hear me because I froze on the screen <laughs> yeah you're, free, you're frozen right now I know can you hear me though I can hear you okay that's good I No, you sound great. I don't. I'm so sorry that I froze. It's the it's the software that sometimes does this, but that's that's fine. Annie, you are such a blessing. Go ahead, say what you're going to say. Did you want to ask me? No. Some questions because I know we kind of just went totally probably off track for your interview. Do you have some definite answers for questions that you need from me right now? The audience that we can do real fast before we end. No, no, not at all because I. I don't plan the questions ever. I I just prayed. I wanted this to go how it was going to go. Okay, that's why I like that, 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 that God was in this because Alana told me that my sister. She's like, oh yeah, he, he doesn't plan questions. He just kind of goes with it. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> which I know that I'm going to have 500 questions for you as soon as we get off of here. But... No, no. But he's just, he is just exalting the things that, that have happened in, in my crazy past. Because right now, believe it or not, the sex trafficking topic is a super hot topic right now. Yeah. There are so many girls and so many men and boys coming out of the industry that are speaking up now and saying, me too. And I think it's an army of people and I think it's awesome. And I'm just so excited for the future. I've never felt so empowered before because there's other people like me. Yeah. They're out there. They're sisters and my brothers like you. You're my brother. Mark. Yes, you are my sister, Annie. <laughs> you know what I just saw? When we first started talking, I, I, when I explained Hookers for Jesus and the name, I saw the boat. It was like I was all by myself on the sea. But then I saw 
God showing me thousands of folks being watched because they saw me go out first and they said, ooh, do what she's doing. Look, she's tell, helping people. People like me, I'm getting in the book too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy what she's doing. Hey, have at it, man. Do it, you know? And I was like, just by seeing that vision and being in the water with other folks connecting like a huge net, like, you know, you talked about that net. Right. Uh, the more you throw your net out there, you know what I saw when you said that? When you said, hey, when I throw my net out there, I get, you know, I get like trials. And I You bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost, so all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service.